0: Alhamdulillahi <laughs> wa kafa, wa والسلام على alaihi <laughs> wa bara alaihi wa sallamu alaihi wa sallamu alaihi wa sallamu wa sallamu alaihi wa sallamu alaihi wa sallamu wa sallamu alaihi wa what I'm going to be talking about tonight, I'm going to be looking at some teachings of the Sawwuf, specifically taken from the maktubat of the Imam 'Abd and as explained by our own Sheikh, Sheikh Zulfiqar Ahmad Shamanidah Al-Qurqatuh, and as understood and presented by me to our listeners on this night. Mm-hmm. And that is the notion of the relationship between the and Nabu'at. Mm-hmm. And I want to do that, explain that tonight, because this is one of the most important things that the Imam Al Abani was, was able to clarify. Mm-hmm. And it is viewed as one of the major reasons why he is held to have been the mujuddid mm-hmm. of the second Islamic millennium. Mm-hmm that he was able to purify some misconceptions mm-hmm. that certain people had about reliance by restoring the Suwaf as the path that is really about following the teachings of Nabuat. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to explain this in several different ways tonight. Mm-hmm. By going to presenting a quest a series of questions
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then trying to present their answers. Mm-hmm. The first question that some people have about the sour is and specifically about this notion of reliance. Mm-hmm. So first of all, Allah Quran has used this word or this construction Oliahullah. Mm-hmm. There are people who awliya is the pool of wali
1: mm-hmm.
0: just like Anbiya is the pool of Nabi. Mm-hmm. And there are some people clearly who fall into this category. Mm-hmm. So the Qur'an al is creating and defining a category, mm-hmm. one of the, of al- human, of mu'mineen, one of the awliya, but it's not explaining exactly what wilayat is. Wilayat is that characteristic that, uh, characterizes the people, the mu'mineen who are going to be in this category that is called awliya. Mm-hmm. So what is wilayat? Now, in English, sometimes people miscorrectly, incorrectly translate this as sainthood, and that leads to a lot of problems because the word saint has very strong Christian overtones, and the Christian concept of saint uh, has things that are against the teachings of Islam, that are in conflict and contrary to the teachings of Islam. At the same time, it will be equally contrary to the teachings of Islam, to suggest that there's no concept of wilayah in Islam, that is nothing other than Mm -hmm. importing and following Christian mystical teachings, and because they believed in saints, we believe in saints, Mm -hmm. that would be wrong and haram to think that and say that, Mm -hmm. because Allah Ta'ala has mentioned this category of individuals called awliya in the Qur'an. Mm -hmm. So the fact that there is something called wilayah, Mm-hmm. and that there are individuals amongst the Mu'min called aliyah, this is a guaranteed, eternal, universal, absolute Qur'anic truth. Mm-hmm. And anybody who denies this denies the Qur'an, mm-hmm. and any willful knowing of the Qur'an yep. is actually tantamount to unbelief. Mm-hmm. But now, Still, well, the question remains that what is reliance? Mm-hmm. and what happened was that a lot of people made a mistake mm-hmm. that they tried, instead of trying to en- answer the question, what is vilaya, which is what Chikam and Sarendra are going to do, mm-hmm. they tried to figure out who are the olayah, mm-hmm. and they looked in different books that talked about the lives of the olayah, mm-hmm. and they saw there certain features mm-hmm. that they read in those books about the lives of those people, mm-hmm. but that is what is vilaya, so some famous books are, for example, Tadkirat al mm-hmm. by Freed mm-hmm. Attar, mm-hmm. or Hikayat al Mashai by Al-Khulbi, or Kitab al-Luma by al mm-hmm. or Tabkat al-Sufiyah mm-hmm. by Al-Sulami, or Hilyat al mm-hmm. by Al-Asbahani, mm-hmm. by Abu Naim al-Asbahani, or the Risala of Imam al Kosheri, or the Qasw al-Mahjub of al-Hujwiri, mm-hmm. and other books of this kind. Mm-hmm. And then when people read mm-hmm. books like this, mm-hmm. and they read certain stories of the Uliya, they get perplexed. And they don't understand what Walaid is. Because you will find sometimes in some of these books things that talk about events that happened in the lives of these oniyah that don't seem to correspond with our broader understanding of being or the Qur'an and Sunnah, or that seem to talk about supernatural acts, Mm -hmm. or that seem to talk about supernatural powers, Mm -hmm. or seem to talk about miraculous events and powers. Mm -hmm. And if one was to read, for example, all of the books that I just mentioned, Mm -hmm. a person would find dozens upon dozens Mm-hmm. Of such things. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's why it is only natural that mm-hmm. some people would take a reaction mm-hmm. and at first glance, at initial impression, it would seem that these things are contrary to and in conflict with the deen. And therefore, these things should be condemned. And therefore, Reliance should be condemned. And anybody who is trying to bring people to Reliance. That is what the Sawf is. The Sawf is the name of the attempt to bring Mu'mineen to Reliance. Anybody who does that may be condemned by these people. Mm-hmm. So now what I want to do is use what Imam al-Bani Sheikh Hamad Allah, Taala mentioned about reliance and Nabu'at along with some additional understandings of that so we can make sense of these events. So the first thing that Imam al-Bani explains to us in the Maktubah is that there are four levels. He classifies spirituality, if you will, into four levels. First level is the reliance of the Mm Oliya. The second is called the reliance of the Anbiya. The third is called the reliance of the Malaika. And the fourth is called the Nabuat of the Anbiya. The first is the reliance or... And now, because I don't want to use the word sainthood, what I'm going to do is we're going to talk about the special and what can be we'll called reliance a special friendship and intimacy with Allah that is held by the awliya that is called by the the second level is reliance the anbiya the special friendship and intimate relationship that with Allah Subhanahu that is held by the un, by the anbiya the prophets the third thing is called al malaika the special friendship and intimate relationship with Allah Subhanahu that is held by the angels and the fourth and highest thing is called Nabuat of the Anbiya. Nibu'at means being a prophet, the prophethood of the prophets. So what Imam al-Baraqa then is suggesting is the prophethood of the prophets mm-hmm. is superior to any and all forms of reliance. Mm-hmm. It, the prophethood of the prophets is superior to the reliance of the prophets. And mm-hmm. so what does that mean that the Prophet said Walayat? Mm-hmm. It means that the Anbiya, alayhi ajma'in, were obviously also awliya. Mm-hmm. They were also special friends and having an intimate relationship with Allah ta'ala. Now, let me explain mm-hmm. that the, every Nabi is also a Wali. Mm-hmm. Every Nabi has two aspects to him, his Nabuat and his Walayat. And you, if you you understand this when you look into the Qur'an al Kareem, just from the Qur'an, and if a person looks at all of the stories about the Anbiya in the Qur'an, mm-hmm. they will understand what Imam al is simply labeling with a term so that we can understand the reliance of the Anbiya, mm-hmm. that they were also Oliya. Mm-hmm. There were things that happened in their life mm-hmm. that had nothing to do with their Nubuat, but had to do with their reliance. Mm-hmm. So an example of this is, for example, Sayyidina let's say let's take Sayyidina Yaqub alayhi salam. Mm-hmm. So when Sayyidina Yaqub alayhi salam's son, Sayyidina Yusuf alayhi salam, is taken away from him,
1: mm-hmm.
0: he starts crying so much mm-hmm. that he loses his eyesight. The crying so much and feeling so much sadness at the departure or loss of one's son that's not part of his nubuat. That's not part of his prophethood. That was part of his reliance. Mm-hmm. What does it mean? It's not part of his nubuat. It's not part of his prophethood. It did not entail any aspects allowed to gain or calling people to Allah mm-hmm. Then, when the shirt of Sayyidina Yusuf alayhi was presented to him, all of this is from Qur'an, right? And then he took that shirt, and pressed it against his eyes, and he regained his eyesight, so, that act of gaining eyesight it was also not part of his Nabu'at, that was part of his reliance. Mm-hmm. Similarly, Sayyidina Yusuf alayhi salam, the dream that he had was not part of his Nabu'at, it was part of his reliance. Mm-hmm. Then, generally, his ability to interpret dreams was not part of his Nabu'at, but was part of his reliance. Mm-hmm. Or we look at Sayyidina Ayub alayhi salam, who was afflicted with an incredible uh, illness. Mm-hmm. And that was also part of his reliance. That wasn't part of his Nabuat. Mm-hmm. So why am I mentioning all this? Because you will find that sometimes in the stories about the Oliya, they also go through strange experiences in their life. Mm-hmm. But actually what happens is that the reliance of the Oliya is the closest thing to the reliance of the Anbiya. Mm-hmm. So sometimes the lives of the olia resemble the lives of the unbia. Why? Not because they're prophets, but because the reliance in them is almost like the reliance of the unbia. In fact, the senior olia, mm-hmm. their reliance is like the reliance of the unbia. Mm-hmm. So now let me give the practical examples, and I'm trying to explain these in this framework. So, for example, a person will say that I read in a book that all these Sufis used to walk around in tattered cloaks, or wool cloaks, or tattered robes, Mm -hmm. and they used to eat very little, and they used to sleep very little. But that's not something I see in the Sahaba, and they're absolutely correct. I'm going to explain this later in the program. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: That's not something I see in the Sahaba, they're absolutely correct. Mm -hmm. And that is because these people don't have the same reliance that the Sahaba had. They have a lesser reliance. Mm -hmm and that lesser reliance the higher reliance is that of the sahaba and the reliance mm-hmm. of the sahaba resembles more than the booth of the anbiya the prophet of the prophets Whereas the reliance of these awliya doesn't represent the booth of the doesn't resemble the booth of the anbiya but rather resembles the reliance of the anbiya what does mm-hmm. that mean mm-hmm. so you will be able to find the nabi the same way mm-hmm. so for example saying that you sell islam mm-hmm. you, Understood in the hadith literature also to be a person who ate less, who slept less, who was very thin, who wore simple, even at times tattered clothing. Mm-hmm. So just, and that all of, none of that was part of his abu'at, that's all part of his reliance. So just like he had that as part of his reliance, mm-hmm. just like that there will be ulliya and this ummah who will have that and have had that as part of their reliance. Mm-hmm. Or we would have cases of extreme tawakkum. So Sayyidina Ibrahim salam, when it comes in Quran that he leaves his wife and his son in Makkah Makarama and he goes somewhere. And he does a level of tawakkum, which is not the Prophet didn't do this. The Sahabat didn't do this. He engages in a level of tawakkum, which is to leave all of the asbab. Mm-hmm. And in fact, in a counter-rational, counter-intuitive way, mm-hmm. it would seem certain death. Mm-hmm. Allah Ta'ala describes Karama as a valley right of the There is no vegetation there. Mm-hmm. But this was part of his reliance, mm-hmm. leaving his wife and son there was not a part of the prophetic invitation of humanity to Allah Subhanahu. It was part of his reliance. Mm-hmm. Therefore, we will sometimes also find stories of the Aliyah that they left their wife and their children for certain periods of time. Mm-hmm. And when people read them, they say, no, but that's not right. And that's against the that's against, uh, what Islam says about making use of the spa. And we don't find it an example in any of the come So they're looking for an example in the wrong place. Mm-hmm. Because they're looking, they should be looking, do we find anything that resembles this behavior in this wali, in any of the lives of the Anbiya mm-hmm. from the stories that have been accurately transmitted in the Hadith mm-hmm. or mentioned in the Quranic mm-hmm. And if one were to discuss this further, one would find many such parallels, mm-hmm. many such stories. Say in the UNAS Islam, going into the water or being swallowed by a whale, living in that whale for an X period of time, and then eventually being mm-hmm. expelled from the mouth of that whale, right? Mm-hmm you'll find similar strange stories and events happening mm-hmm. to the Oliya. Mm-hmm. Now, what does Imam al-Baliantan explain about this difference between life and Nabuat? Here, Imam al-Baliantan makes it clear mm-hmm. that the path of Nabuat is actually better than the path of life, And the way he explains this he talks, he uses the term kurb. And Qurb means the closeness to Allah SWATA and he talks about Qurb bin Abuat and Qurbi Wallah. And what he says is that Qurb bin is the absolute highest level of closeness that a person can have to Allah Subhana but mm-hmm. Whereas Qurbi Belayat is not as close as Qurb bin Abuat. It is a second level of being close to Allah mm-hmm. and he says in that second level mm-hmm. be reliant. Mm-hmm. that is where people feel the need mm-hmm. to go through experiences such as Fana mm-hmm. and such as Baka mm-hmm. and have Dezbah and have suluk and all of those terms of Tissawah mm-hmm. whereas the Sahaba mm-hmm. were people who became close to Allah ta'ala mm-hmm. without any of these things. Mm-hmm. In other words, the Sahaba karam received what he calls qurba Nabuat. Mm-hmm. They were close, their closeness to Allah because of their closeness not to reliance but their closeness to Nabuat that they were close to the prophethood of the Prophet. Mm-hmm. So, in other words, the Sahaba karam did not go through these stages. Mm-hmm. afana and baka or suyur or saluk. They didn't do that. Mm-hmm. Rather, what they received, mm-hmm. the qurb that they received mm-hmm. was through being in the sohbah in the company of Sayyidina Rasulullah mm-hmm. Number one, the sohbah of Alaihi And number two, iqtibai ﷺ. And he says clearly that in this qurb, the qurb that is attained, the nearness that is attained to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by the Sahaba through the means of and Sunnah, there is neither Fana nor Baqa, nor Suluk, nor jazba. Mm-hmm. Furthermore, he says, and this qurb of Nabu'at is many, many times superior to the qurb of the Reliant. Mm-hmm. So this is a mistake that people made and also, at that time, people made this mistake that Imam al like clarified that, that people used to think sometimes that these old they would get confused mm. and think, are these only uh, closer than, the, are trying to be closer than the baal Some They're talking about all these experiences whereas no Sahaba ever talked about such experiences. Mm. So he actually says clearly that all of those experiences mm. are a sign that they're lesser. Than mm-hmm. Sahab and are not as close to Allah subhanahu as Sahab Ikram. Mm-hmm. Now what is, what one of the major aspects of his tajid was, was that he writes in that Allah subhanahu wa has opened up for him a way to bring people close to him by means of Qur'an and nawur, not Qur'an bin mm-hmm. It doesn't need to bring people mm-hmm. through fanabaka and suyur, and salute and jazbah, mm-hmm. but rather he's going to bring people through suhabat, which is rabatai and mm-hmm. iqtibai sunnah. Mm-hmm. And by following that methodology, mm-hmm. he will bring people to ul bin he will bring people close to Allah by making them close to prophethood and prophecy. Mm-hmm. And this is the hallmark distinguishing feature of the of Maqshibani Mujadidiyya, its emphasis on Sohbat, and its, its emphasis, sorry, on Ittibai Sunnah. And secondly, the way to inculcate that following of the Sunnah by having a Zabita with the shaykh mm-hmm. so Then he mentions that one problem in the way of reliance, he talks about all these famous names that people are confused when they read their stories. In all those books I mentioned, Muntur al-Halaj, Ibn Arabi, Babi al-Basriya, he mentions all these people by name. Mm-hmm. And and he actually says that what they were trying to do, that they were trying to get the closeness through the path of wilayah. Mm-hmm. And in that, because they entered into a state of fana, in which they forgot themselves, and this is a lesser process according to him, then the closeness that is attained by ittibai sunnat and the path of nabuah. So because they drowned themselves in fana, mm-hmm. they were trying to actually eliminate themselves. That's what fana means. To annihilate the self, to eliminate the self, and to only have the awareness and remembrance of Allah's Fa'lta. So that is why it would be their perception that all of the world was just like one. Mm -hmm. And then there's Masqabati's eye that this is not a goal and a person does not need to negate the self in order to reach Allah But what a person needs to do is to negate the nafs, the unlawful aspects of oneself. Mm -hmm. Not the entirety of one's own self and individuality, not the entirety of one's awareness of oneself, but rather one must negate the negative aspects of oneself in order to get thus closest to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So what he mentions, basically, is that these things, mm-hmm. this path of going directly onto Qurb and mm-hmm. was very rare. Mm-hmm. And so what these people would do is they would try to get to that kurbe nabuvut, through the process of kurbe Mm. So they were actually after the same thing, but they went through fana and baka and all of these stages and states because they wanted kurbe nabuvut. But, again, what he says is that what he has been able to do is to bring people directly to kurbe Mm. without having them follow the path of kurbe Mm. Now, the reason I'm mentioning this right, is that because, again, you will see in this day and age, you will not find all the uh, who resemble those stories uh, that you read about in some of those books. Mm-hmm. And also, to be honest, not all of the books that I mentioned, but some of them have been written by historians. Some of them have even been written by poets. Mm-hmm. And there may be an element of embellishment and exaggeration as well mm-hmm. in some of the tales that they narrate. About different of the Sufia, different of the different members of the class of seekers of Allah known as the mm-hmm. Sufis or people of the soul. Mm-hmm. There, so now what he then does mm-hmm. is he recasts Fana and Baka. He He makes a new way. To get fana and baka, mm-hmm. which is by following the path, of the teachings of Nebuwa, mm-hmm. and which doesn't require one to follow the path of the teachings of Wilayt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why? How does he do this? Because he says that the purpose of fana was to forget everything that is Heirullah and to remove the love for Heirullah from our heart, and to focus on the love for Allah So, the way the early sufis would do this was they, in order to remove the love of the world, what they did is they just removed all awareness of the world that they had. Mm -hmm. In order to remove the love of Ghirullah, they tried to remove all awareness that they had of Ghirullah. And they themselves are also Ghirullah. So that's how they would end up removing their own self-awareness. However, in the way of Nabuwa, the person, so he comes up with a new Tanaq. And that is the fanah on the path of the bu'at. And he says in that fanah, the objective is the same to remove the love for Ghairullah. Mm-hmm. But the method will be different. Here, the method will not be to forget and to lose all awareness of Ghairullah, mm-hmm. but rather the method will be to adopt the prophetic love for Allah. It's Allah. So when a person, this, this is now, now, I, I said all of this difficult stuff so that people could understand mm-hmm. now a bit of the easier things you're going to say. Mm-hmm. So what those people were doing, the earlier people, was they were trying to both have the same goal objective. Mm-hmm. To remove the love of their love in their heart. Mm-hmm. So the first way was that, okay, what we'll do is we'll just remove all awareness and consciousness of their love from ourselves. Mm-hmm. But the problem in that was that they the were Allah, mm-hmm. and at times those who were successful, mm-hmm. who worked really hard at this, like Mansur al Halaj and others, mm-hmm. and Ibn Arabi. Mm-hmm. They succeeded, and then they thought that this was fana, this is what fana was, mm-hmm. to only be aware and conscious of Allah. And that's why they made mistakes, that when they were only aware and conscious of Allah, that's why Mansur al-Hadad said, mm-hmm. He wasn't saying, I'm al-Hadad and al Mm-hmm. Because for him he had negated mansur entirely. There was no mansur halaj. Mm-hmm. In his state of being at that moment there was only Allah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So his statement al alhaq was actually even the ana was Allah and the Al-Aq was Allah. Mm-hmm. It's not that the ana referred to mansur. It's mm-hmm. not even it's not even that he was saying that I am Allah and I am Al Haq. It was nothing to do with himself. Right. Mm-hmm. But again Imam Rabata says that rather than remove the awareness Right, rather than fanah, meaning that a person loses their awareness of the world uh, of Gerullah, fana in the the means that so there's still fana, but fana in the past is Nebuot means to drown oneself in the love for Allah so much, to fill one's heart with the love for Allah so much that there's no love for Gerullah that can enter that heart. So that's what he calls fana.
1: Mm. SubhanAllah.
0: Right? And they say maybe even Mawlana Musa was getting worried that I said there's no fana. And he heard from our Shaykh that there is a stage of fana. But in our Masha'ik and this there is a stage of fana. But is this stage of fana? And clearly one can see this is a much, much safer way. Some people love to ask this question. And we, we're faced. I mean, this was a question that came up a few weeks ago on this program. Mm-hmm. That given that on the path of the so there have been people who have ended up like them through halaj, right? that so wouldn't it be better to just be safer and stay away from it altogether? Now, I don't know what reply people who are from other souls would give, but from our perspective, we think ourselves are taking care of that problem by changing the method and the path that is used to reach Allah By making us follow Qurb Nabuat as opposed to Qurbi i'Walayat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, once that love for Allah is in our heart, then there is no need to forget khirullah. Mm-hmm. To be oblivious to khirullah, we didn't need to do that. We just re- needed to remove the love for the unlawful khirullah. Mm-hmm. However, in the way of reliance. The, the path of reliance, the saluk of reliance, the path of getting kurbi wilayah, it is impossible to remove the love of gharullah unless one removes gharullah entirely from one's own heart. Mm-hmm. And then this is a bit more difficult, but then Imam Bantali also explains this using a concept of shadows and veils. Mm-hmm. But suffice it to say that he feels that the path of reliance remains with shadow and veils, it's only the path of Mu'at mm. that actually gets the closeness to Allah mm. with, without having
1: mm.
0: uh, without having those shadows and veils. Mm. All right. Mm. Now, getting back to what we were mentioning about those stories, mm. you will find stories of people in those books mm. who are trying to follow this path of reliance, who lose awareness of themselves and therefore they would walk on water. That person says, how can a person walk on water? Mm-hmm. We don't have anything mm-hmm. from the Sahaba walking on water.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Although this one, I do recall that they were the armies of maybe Abu Sayyid al Khudri, I can't remember right now.
1: Mm-hmm. But there
0: is an incident mm-hmm. of one of the, I believe, Sahaba armies mm-hmm. crossing the river by walking on water. Mm-hmm. But clearly that is within Allah's power. Mm-hmm. Allah power can command the water. Mm-hmm. They change its molecular composition mm-hmm. such that people are able to walk upon it. But the question is that why does this happen later? Why does some, some wali do it? So what happens here is that what the wali is in a state of tanah. Mm-hmm. They're almost like intoxicated. They've forgotten their own self-awareness. They're only aware of Allah. Mm-hmm. They've lost awareness of all hair Allah.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: they don't even notice the water.
1: Mm-hmm. They don't
0: understand the water's water. They don't remember the water's water. They're just stepping on it. When they step on it, Allah SWT wants to save them mm-hmm. because He said in the Quran, La Haufun alehim."
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, La Haufun alehim" means that there's not going to be any external threat or external danger for them. Mm-hmm. So, Allah SWT then protects that person from having that external threat by commanding the water to sustain their footsteps and enables that person to walk on water.
1: Mm-hmm
0: that person was, a state of, was in a state of fanat. Mm-hmm. And that is why in and our Armasai, because their fanat is different. Mm-hmm. Their fanat doesn't mean that they've forgotten the world entirely. Mm-hmm. It just means that they're drowning in the love for Allah. Therefore, you won't see our sheikhs walking on water. Mm-hmm. Because walking on water was not an ability. Mm-hmm. Walking on water was not an achievement. Mm-hmm. Walking on water was nothing special. Mm-hmm. Walking on water was actually a deficiency that was caused Mm-hmm. by being in a state of fana on the path of life. Mm-hmm. And that is a deficiency that would never be required mm-hmm. if a person is having fanah on the path of mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. mm-hmm. second thing is that sometimes people read stories that people of the soul says you used to say that I don't want to have any will. I have no wish or will whatsoever. A mm-hmm. so very famous incident was of this wadi the nashad dola, And he lived in an area in which the waters of the river started to flood uh, his population. So some of the members of, some of the people of the area went to him and they asked him to make du'a. Viewing and knowing him to rightly be one of the beloveds of Allah's so fata, that perhaps his du'a may help. Instead, he went to that place in the riverbank where the Floodwaters had started coming, and he tried to even remove even more dirt from the banks of that mountain so that even more water would come through. And everybody was stunned and asked him, "What are you doing?" And he said, "Dhir and Wherever Allah Taala is, I will be there because I have no will of my own. I only will what Allah Ta'ala wills. And if Allah will is that there should be a flood, then that is what my will is as well." Hmm. However, in the path, and this is a feature also of the path of, with life, mm-hmm. that a person is trying to eliminate their own will. Mm-hmm. In the path of Nebuchadnezzar, on the other hand, there is no need to eliminate our own will, mm-hmm. because will is something good in of itself. Mm-hmm. Irada is something good and be used as a tool for good. It's only when it's evil and is being used to obtain an evil objective that that will is bad. Mm -hmm. That will is not mutlakaan bad, it's not completely bad. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Similarly, in the the path of reliance, Mm -hmm. some of these people used to, you will also be people, mostly stories of Mm -hmm. excessive hunger, Mm -hmm. or just drinking a few sips of water Mm -hmm. every other day for years. Mm-hmm. And they understand, say, Sahaba Quran never did this. And they absolutely correct. Mm-hmm. Sahaba didn't do that. You will find certain Anbiya who did certain things like that. Again, mm-hmm. that's why you find this in these people's reliance. Mm-hmm. However, what Imam al says is that the mistake that they made was that what they were trying to do is they were trying to eliminate the entire attribute altogether. Mm-hmm. So to eliminate hunger but their goal was to eliminate unlawful hunger, gluttony, overeating. Mm. Or they were trying to eliminate unlawful lustful desire. Mm. But what they, and the way they tried to eliminate it was to eliminate it altogether. Mm. So you will even find stories of aliyah who never get married. Mm. And people will comment on that. That, that is also extremely salafi sunnah. Mm. And you'll find Sahaba, But again, you will find it in some other the Anbiya saying, Isa Islam again, didn't get married. Mm. So you will find things in the olia in other Anbiya. Mm-hmm. And you will also see that they don't do anything against Sharia. So to not get married is not against Sharia. Mm-hmm. To eat much less, as long as you're eating, it's only part of to eat enough to survive. Mm-hmm. And they're eating that much obviously, so that's also not against Sharia. They eat less mm-hmm. than most people normally do. So you, there's two things that the olia never did anything against the Sharia. Mm -hmm. Although they may have done things against the predominant practice of Sahaba. Mm -hmm. But they did so because their reliance was not like the reliance of Sahaba. Mm -hmm. Because it wasn't drawn from the Qur'ab of Mm Nabuat. Their reliance was like the reliance of earlier Anbiya. Mm -hmm. And you will find similar things in them. Mm -hmm. So how does Imam Rabahat stick to this? He says that you shouldn't try to eliminate the entire attribute of hunger. Mm-hmm. All you had to do was eliminate the unlawful part. Mm-hmm. You didn't have to eliminate desire altogether. All you had to do was eliminate the unlawful aspect of desire mm-hmm. yeah. So for that, he says you should follow the sunnah, for example, the sunnah amount of eating and drinking. Or the sunnah teachings of whom to get married to and at what younger age to get married to. But if a person follows all of these things, they will themselves be able to eliminate the bad aspects of their character without having to eliminate character itself or particular characteristic traits altogether. Another thing you will find in stories and tales of these early Sufis is that sometimes they will say, Mm -hmm. That they had no desire for the akhirah, They had no desire for Jannah. All they care about is the pleasure of Allah. Or they have no fear for hell. All they care is about, the only thing they fear is disappointing Allah. Mm -hmm. So they felt that some, for some reason, they felt that they'd have to, you know, not have any craving for the Mm akhirah. They couldn't crave Jannah. Mm -hmm. And they, why? It's mm. the same thing, what, what was the objective? The objective was to take out craving for this world. Mm. So the passive of I tried to take out craving from any world. Again, mm. a negation at the level of absolutes. Imam mm. Rebaitha says that no, you should follow the path of Nabuat. You don't have to take out the craving of any world whatsoever. You just have to take out the unlawful craving of this world. Mm. You can completely still crave, and desire, and yearn for Jannah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In other words, that even the love for mm-hmm. Jannah is commendable. Love for Jannah is commendable. But the people were trying to take out love for dunya. Mm-hmm. And so, because they want to take out love for dunya in their heart, they could took out love for all dunya. They mm-hmm. said so that we won't even have a materialistic uh, or you know, understanding of the physical pleasures of Mm Jannah. Imam Garza says, no, what we should do is remove the love of this world, but we should do that again by filling ourselves for the love of the next world, so the love of the next world is something that we should have. Mm -hmm. And then he quotes different, you know, ayats in different places from the Qur'an of Karim as well. Mm-hmm. And I can't, you know, do it as masterfully as he did mm-hmm. in his books. But, you know, just an example I just remembered uh mm-hmm. that Imam al mentioned on this issue uh that they call upon their Rab mm-hmm. that they call upon their Rab in fear but also in hope. Mm-hmm. In hope for the akhirah is something that is all over the Qur'an. And so Imam al-Abiya, the his deed of the soul was mm-hmm. to bring the feelings of the people in the more according to the feelings of Qur'an and to bring them more in accordance with the feelings of the biya sallallahu mm-hmm. wa Now, these other awliya didn't have anything Again, did not have not have any feelings that were against the Quran or against the Sunnah or Sharia, but they may not have had feelings that exactly corresponded to mm-hmm. the feelings of the Quran, Sunnah, and Sharia. Mm-hmm. And he even goes further and says that the vast majority of them went through this path of Qurbani walayat and did reach Qurbani mm-hmm. and it's just a handful like Al Khalaj Ibn Adabi, Rabi Basriya and a handful of others who remained stuck on Qur'l-eulayyat and were never able to reach qurl Nabuat. Mm-hmm. But because he thought that in the day and age that he was living in, and perhaps certainly that would be all the more true today, mm-hmm. that the pitfalls on the path of reliance were becoming increasingly greater. And therefore, then over time, it wouldn't be just a handful of people, such so this is Rabi al-Rusbiyya al ibn Arabi, who would get stuck on the way, Mm-hmm. There will be a lot of people to get stuck on the way. Mm-hmm. And that's when he made a du'a to Allah to open up for him a path mm-hmm. by which people could once again be directly taken to the qurb of Nabu'at and they wouldn't have to follow the stages of kur-
2: I see we just uh, lost the Sheikh. But the Sheikh has been speaking on some very, very important aspects relating to tasawwuf And he spoke about... Uh, the Maktubat of uh, Mujaddil al-Fitrani. So we have Sheikh again back online? No. Uh, the engineer is just trying to connect with Sheikh again. In the meantime, uh, you know, there are some very important aspects that the Sheikh had touched on, where he said that there were a segment amongst the Sufis, amongst the Auliyah, who desired to eliminate their own self. And uh, Imam Mujaddil al Fitani al said that there was no need to eliminate one's own will, but a person needed to eliminate uh, the desire for anything that is unlawful. And this is what he had really impacted on. So that was more in pro- proximity with the Mubarak Sunnah of Nabi Kareem, sallallahu alayhi yes, we have Shaykh back online again. Shaykh, you may continue. As-salamu
0: um. So, another thing Imam al looked at, and this will be maybe the little thing we can do for tonight, mm-hmm. uh, was this notion of the world, mm-hmm. and this concept of wahfatul wujud, wahfatul wujud, and wahfatul shuhud that many people are confused about. Mm-hmm. And what he actually mentioned was that there were people who had three concepts of the world.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The dunya, mm-hmm. in relation to Allah sponsor Allah. Mm-hmm. And one was a group that felt that dunya and Allah are the same thing. Mm-hmm. Dunya and Allah are the small part of the same being. And the second was a group that felt that the dunya was a shadow of Allah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And the third is a group that felt that the dunya and Allah's father are completely separate things.
1: Mm-hmm. And this
0: is called Tark. Mm-hmm. The shadow is called Zil.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And being the same is called Wakdar. Mm-hmm. And he wrote extensively and in detail and very strongly mm-hmm. that both the notion and belief of lost is wrong mm-hmm. and the notion and belief that the world is a veil, is a shadow of Allah that is also wrong mm-hmm. and he upheld what one can call the doctrine of thank mm-hmm. that wa Allah and the dunya are always going to be different, mm-hmm. are completely different, are completely separate and distinct from one another. The dunya is nowhere. Can we say that dunya is one with Allah? No, would it be correct to say even that dunya is a shadow of Allah? The only and only thing that it would be correct to say is that the dunya is absolutely separate and distinct from Allah. Allah is absolutely separate and distinct from the dunya, and is far uh, too exalted that He could ever be related. To the dunya in any such way. Mm-hmm. So you'll find that I think the best way to really understand the misconceptions of the soul in this day and age, rather than to pick up and read any single English language book that we may find on the Sufis, rather a Christian should ideally understand the soul in light of the Muqtamat and the baniya, of Imam al Dalai and that itself is not going to be able to be understood. Simply by reading it on oneself, but rather by associating and learning from a person who is an inheritor of the tradition, Mm. i.e. of the tradition of the Mamarabaya employment. Mm. And when a person does that, Mm -hmm. what I was mentioning, that if you answer 20 questions and you close 20 holes, a person can just poke another hole. Mm-hmm. And how long will you go about closing the holes if people keep poking? Mm-hmm. The better way is that if people were to practice the soul mm-hmm. so let I me mean, now talk about something totally different, mm-hmm. and maybe then we end on this note. The snow. Mm-hmm. It's a real way to understand the soul is to practice the soul mm-hmm. Even if everything i said for the past 25 minutes is not even required, mm-hmm. that person who practices the soul of, i.e., makes vicar. Mm-hmm. they themselves will understand mm-hmm. what the sallot and zikr and what all of these feelings and thinkers are. That person who practices zikr with the need to fill their heart with the love of Allah They will understand what the effect of that love for Allah is and how effective that is in removing unlawful love of from a person's heart. Mm-hmm. It's when a person tries to follow the sunnah, mm-hmm strong, serious effort to follow sunnah, mm-hmm. but they will realize that following the sunnah does have that power mm-hmm. to remove the blame with the characteristics, mm-hmm. to remove the excessive overeating, mm-hmm. to remove all of those things. Mm-hmm. It's only when they follow it. Mm-hmm. It's only when they experience it. Mm-hmm. And again, so we only say these words or theories to entice people mm-hmm. to put in the effort in order to get the real experience. Mm-hmm. And if a person never puts in the effort mm-hmm. to get experience mm-hmm. and to practice the occur and a rigorous level mm-hmm. in a large amount, then all of the explanations and programming on so will not be able to benefit them in any way. Mm-hmm. These all these points will just continue to remain a in mere information mm-hmm. in their mind something that they know, not something that they can understand, not something they can appreciate, not something that they can implement, Mm -hmm. not something they can internalize, Mm -hmm. not something they can benefit from, not something that they can be according to. It would be just some information that they know. Mm -hmm. And this is the type of self that enough love, enough love that person who views themselves to be Sufi, who actually doesn't do anything? Mm-hmm. Doesn't do mujahadah enough? Doesn't do mohalla enough? Mm-hmm. Doesn't do those things? Mm-hmm. And in many ways, many of the people today who follow different movements, or even though that contemporary, which I feel, mistaken movement is Islam, mm-hmm. they're also guilty of the same thing. they don't practice, they've never practiced. Mm -hmm. And therefore, because they don't practice themselves, they can't understand it. Mm -hmm. They can't understand it. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, without the practice, a person like this is unable to understand or appreciate or to know. Mm -hmm. So sometimes some people are unable to understand. Mm -hmm. And some people have a reaction against that which they don't understand. Mm-hmm. And it's nothing more or less than their own insecurity. Mm-hmm. And it's a tragedy that the Muslim Ummah has reached such a stage in its historical development mm-hmm. that people in this Ummah
1: mm-hmm.
0: are so insecure mm-hmm. that instead of having the honesty to say, okay, I'm not a person of the I haven't been abundantly and properly, I haven't been guided to occur. But if I don't know what this experience is, so I can't comment, unfortunately, even though they've never had the chance or the time or opportunity to practice it, they still feel that at the very outset, without having tried to practice it, they can condemn it and they can label it as an innovation, etc. Mm-hmm. So we, 90% of what we need is, Appreciating and practicing and living the soul. Mm. Only 10% of it is what we need in terms of our knowing and understanding of the soul. Mm-hmm. And that is something that we thought we would talk about a little bit tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would be less than 10% of the time for us, but I felt it was something that was important because we live in a day and age where people like to serve and they serve anything and everything and they read and see and everything. Mm-hmm. And because they do that, they may certainly come across certain things mm-hmm. written about the Islamic tradition, which, which reflects them, mm-hmm. or which confuse them, which may even make them su Islam, make them have negative views and negative feelings mm-hmm. towards the Islamic tradition. Mm-hmm. So instead, the person mm-hmm. should suspend their judgment, mm-hmm. and they should try to practice and internalize and live these spiritual teachings of Islam, and then see if there's an effect on their heart. Well, does that wanna wanna come I think they're not and always think favorably of all of, all of the Nabi'in, mm-hmm. and to think favorably of all of the Siddhakin, Shahadan Salaheen, and to think favorably of any and all of the main mm-hmm. who do not contravene the Sharia in any single way, shape or form. Mm-hmm. In May Ammar the dream, we ask you to bestow on our hearts mm-hmm. the feelings of all the meanings of all of the wordings of the Quran. The Ya Allah we ask that you enable us to feel every single ayah in our life, Amen. to live according to every single ayah in our life, Amen. to feel every single hadith and to be a green sallallahu and to live according to every hadith that we learn. Amen. I'm be a cream, wa Amen. Ya Allah we ask we ask that the trust our hearts and our lives for zikr. that you expect our tongues and our bodies for zikr. Amen. Ya Allah al that you put the sense in us. Not to try to do not try to understand you by means of the ego, but yalla ya we ask that you put the sense on us to try to understand you by means of the heart, by mm-hmm. the people of the heart. taala mm-hmm. <inaudible> 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 wa <inaudible> 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 <inaudible>